Welcome back to the Two Black Runners podcast presented by the Running Report. And this week, like, I am really excited for this podcast. We had a similar podcast like this about like two months ago, which is which is unfortunate that we have to keep on having podcasts like this. But the conversations and the topics that are able to come up and be brought to light in these type of situations, I feel like is really crucial, especially for 2020, especially for podcasts like Two Black Runners. Like, and this is, I think, this is why. This podcast was made, and I'm really excited to dive deeper into it. But first off, just I really appreciate all the love that we've been getting for these past couple weeks and past couple months. We really do appreciate all the listeners. And if you're listening to this, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, share with the friend, and all those good things. But let's get into this, bruh. I got the brother from the same mother as well, always, Aaron Potts, Super Hot Potts, also on the call with me. Aaron, how's everything going first before we get into the podcast? Hey, man, it's, it's going all good. You know, just blessed to be on another podcast and have opportunity to help people have a platform to speak on these things, um, especially right now with teams being cut and just all the injustices that we have going on in the world. I'm just happy that we're able to do something to help you know like we said we're for the culture and we're we're made by the culture and we're for the culture so uh, podcasts today these are important and i think everyone listening today is going to get an insight that they can't get from another another podcast and i'm just happy that um we got i'm just going to say who we have i'm just happy that we were able to get some clemson athletes to really just uh speak their mind and you know, let the world know what's what's really going on over there. Yeah, so we basically got a round table, or for other words, you could say we got a round Zoom going on of Clemson athletes, and it's going to be really exciting. They're all here to save Clemson's men's track and field and cross country because what a month month ago or a month and a half ago, their athletic, athletic director was going to discontinue those two programs after this current school year, and we want to dive deeper into that. So they're all here, they're on the podcast. And could you guys just go around real quick for everybody, get your voices for, they can know who's everyone talking. We can, if we can start with Anthony, just say who you are, where you're from and what event do you do? Well, my name is Anthony Hamilton Jr. I'm a high jumper and I'm from Los Angeles, California. My name is Cameron Jones. Uh, I'm a grad student from San Diego, California and I run the 400 and 800. My name is Harley White. I'm a senior here at Clemson. I'm a nursing major. I triple jump and I'm from Calvert County, Maryland. Uh, one, one thing I saw when I was looking into each of you was that you guys come from such different places. You have such different stories of how you ended up at Clemson. But I just wanted to ask, how has it been handling COVID, the holiday season, training, all while trying to save your program at the same time? Finals? Yeah, the list goes on. Can we start with, with um, a Harley? Sure. Um honestly it's kind of mentally taxing you know we have finals this week but it's like we're still in the midst of trying to save our men's team and honestly i feel like it's my responsibility as well because you know when you think of track you have the men and the women so it's not just about the girls you know when the guys got cut it affected us as well but you know just trying to stay all up on top of everything I finished my Christmas shopping, just trying to get done with finals right now, but still just trying to stay in that clear headspace of, you know, making sure I'm all right during this time, um, giving my best effort to continue to be supportive of the guys. And I'm super fortunate that you guys reached out to us so we could tell you guys a little bit about what's going on over here. 
Yeah, most definitely. We definitely had to. And just to think of all the things that you guys have to be thinking about right now during like a final season, it kind of even just brings me back to what in early in early June and early May when like Black Lives Matter was really going on and that was plastered everywhere. I remember that was sort of my final season too during the springtime. And I remember just thinking like it was it was hard to focus. I remember my other brother, like he was doing his finals. He had to get his like finals like pushed back like another week. And I feel like something that's directly close to you guys like this, it could have like that same type of effect. Was there any type of similarities like that for you, Cam? Uh it's definitely been hard. Um, but I'm fully I believe that just our team is just made up of fighters. Um, we're all built uh to handle adversity. I think that this program does great at showing people how to handle adversity. And so I think we're just all um, doing everything that we can to just preserve our heads uh, academically and as well as uh, just moving forward in a tough situation. Yeah, and I know it definitely has to be tough. Um, Cam, Cam, being this is like your final year training and everything, and you transferred there, but I wanted to ask uh, Anthony too, when people see that your team is being cut, some people are just like, oh, why don't you just transfer? Was there ever a thought in your mind to transfer to another school? I mean, it's, it's gotten to a point where when you're dedicated to something, you just want to finish out or win or just, you know, just represent the university that picked you up from a different situation and just bettered your life. You know what I'm saying? So with me, it's like the thought flew, you know, flew through my mind. I thought about it, but that was just based off of emotion because I was frustrated with the decision. But I mean, we're here, we've been training all fall, and it's more than just track, it's just being indebted to your family on this team. So we can easily all just leave and let it be like, it is what it is, we're here for four years anyway, you know what I'm saying? But it's more yeah. that more important to us than just like a university or just jumping or running, you know? So it's just, it's our job, we owe it to each other. We work hard, we want to win together, and that's what we're going to make happen this year. So that's our main focus. And I think that's something that anybody can really get behind. If they've ever been a part of a team or a club or just like their friend group, like you really develop like these bonds with these people. Definitely, I feel like in track or cross country and in jumps, like, bro, I, don't, I can't tell you how many like distance workouts I've been, 800 workouts I've been like dying with these guys or 16 mile runs. I'm all like, bro, these guys have... These, these guys see me at my worst moments and like my most glorious moments as well. So it definitely like to see that happen is like, it sucks. It sucks. But like, what was that like initial feeling of hearing the team cut? If we can start with Cam, like what was that initial feeling for you when you, when everything went down or how did yeah. you hear it? We had an emergency meeting. Um, we found out like not even an hour before um, we had an emergency meeting. I was actually at work. And I actually had to call my coach and I was like, what is this about? Because mm -hmm. I'm working, I can't leave. And he's like, you know, you need to call out. And I was like, I, well, the world must be falling down if I have to call out of work. <laughs> and the whole time I get there and he just starts talking about how well we handled COVID and everything. And then he drops the bomb on us um, that the team was going to be discontinued uh, after the conclusion of the 2021 season. And initially I was just confused. Um, like for me, the, one of the reasons why I came to Clemson is because they're just so prosperous athletically. Um, like yeah. they've been to so many uh, college football playoffs. Um, the money is there. Um, yeah. And that was one of the reasons that drew me there. Um, and he said that it was a mixture of Title IX issues and financial issues that led to the decision. Um, everybody was really sad. Um, 
I, I can only imagine what a freshman feels like who uh, may not be on a on a scholarship money or any scholarship money um, to have their um, entire college career um, just ended like that. Um, so like that's why I, I felt for them because I had an opportunity to earn a scholarship while I was in college um, and to where I'm at a full scholarship here. Um, and just to see that those kids won't have the opportunity, it really hurt me. And that's why I'm fighting so hard to uh, make sure that we have provide these educational opportunities for these kids. Yeah, that's crazy. Like being 18 years old, then your whole entire, like you feel like your future is right ahead of you. I'm going to Clemson. Like I'm gonna be going to all these football games. I'm gonna be like a big man on campus one day. And then your future is just uncertainty. That's that, that's what it is. How was it for you, Harley, when you first heard the news? Um, when I first heard the news, I immediately, my roommate, she's a jumper as well. She high jumps. And I was, I think I screamed. I was like, Kenya, like, what's this, what's this about? And so I called Anthony right away. I'm like, all right, we need to think of like the worst possible thing is happening because we never have emergency meetings like this. Mm -hmm. Like they're good about having things structured. Like, okay, team meetings on Wednesday at 7.30. Here's the Zoom link. Like, don't be late. We'll get reminders like upcoming towards it. I mean, we got an email 45 minutes before they called the emergency meeting. So we're like, this has to be bad. You know, we're thinking like a coach is getting fired. You know, maybe somebody died. Like, I don't know. Think of the worst possible scenario. So. Yeah. The um, woman, we had a different meeting than the men. We were called to the indoor track. I, I think they met in like a different building. And so we got there and um, the assistant AD, she was just like, this is gonna be a very hard day for everybody. So, you know, I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like what's, what's she about to say? And she said, we have to discontinue the men's track and field team. And I'm not gonna lie, like we did say, like when we were thinking of everything that could like possibly happen, we were saying like, we're not gonna have a season, that could be an option, or like maybe the women's team's getting cut, maybe the men's team's getting cut. Like we're just thinking of everything so we can like kind of be prepared, you know, like mentally. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, like, I don't even know like went through me. It's just like, it, it's like I heard it, but like I wasn't processing it. And then like, she just kept saying it and like just my heart dropped. And you know, I'm a senior, so it's like, this is my last year anyways. But then I'm thinking about, about the freshman girls that just got here you know like they came on their visit they saw the team at they saw the team culture i know for like a fact family was the biggest aspect that i was looking for when i came to clemson you know maryland's eight and a half hours away from here like y'all are gonna be my family members i see y'all every day i have a brother he's older than me he's two years older so it's like i used to i grew up in a household with another sibling and i consider my group mates my siblings you know we're just a big family so i just I still can't come to terms with it. I couldn't imagine going to practice without the guys there. You know, I'm a nursing major, so like practice is like a stress relief for me. You know, I go there, yeah. don't think about school, come home from clinicals. I get to see my brothers, I get to see my sisters. Like, I just can't imagine them not being here, not being hand in hand together, practicing with them. You know, they see me at my worst, they see me at my best. And it's just, it was sad. It still is sad and it still doesn't make sense at all to me. But here we are, we're still here trying to fight. Yeah, we're mostly definitely fighting. And I, like I said, like you said, like this doesn't make sense to me either completely. But then Anthony, you were, you said, Harley said that you were the one of the first person she called. And like you guys are asking what was going to happen. What was your first initial feeling about everything? I mean, well, when we got the email, I kind of assumed the worst case scenario, like she said. Like, but at that point, I was just like, okay, just let us know. Like, don't stress us out about it. You know, they told us 45 minutes before we got there. Um, when they told us the news, my first initial reaction was just frustration. Like, why? 
because a university of this caliber shouldn't be cutting powerful programs like ourselves, you know, a, a diverse program, um, a program with Olympians and professional athletes, like a successful track program. Um, yeah. So my thing was just, my main question was just why that really wasn't a good opportunity right then and there to get into depth with the AD of like the conversation of why, cause everything, everybody's going at him at one time, you know what I'm saying? So I met with him on my own and that was kind of my thing just to gain understanding of, of really what was going on with the situation, how he really felt about it. And that's, we just continuing to, I'm continuing to go have meetings with him, see where his mind is at about it. We're gonna continue doing what we're doing um, to take a stab at it and try to progress to get it reinstated. But it's like, it uh, right now we're in a situation to where like we have school going on, we have family stuff going on, we trying to win, like we trying mm -hmm. to get the program reinstated. So we just have to balance everything equally so we can just continue to be successful in our own journeys, but also try to save the program for future generations, if that makes sense. I was just gonna say that's definitely a, a lot to a lot to handle as a as a college athlete, and it sounds like you know as a college athlete, your your responsibility is you know go to school, get good grades, but on top of that, just just perform, perform at these meets. It shouldn't be your responsibility to have to save an save an entire program because it sounds like we hear the reasons all the time. You know, Title Nine, COVID, like when uh, Minnesota got cut, you know. The big thing was, oh, you know, COVID, so there's no no football, so we're, we're losing money. But Clemson, national champions, Trevor Lawrence, you would think like, oh, they 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 have the money there. So when I first heard about y'all team, the men's program getting cut, it was very confusing. I was like, how does how does Clemson, at all the schools that not have money, how does Clemson not have money? Yeah, I feel like with that, like. And I have a lot of friends in other sports, you know what I'm saying? So mm. it shakes the room up a little bit to where, like, people always saying, like, oh, yeah, it's football, it's basketball, it's this sport, it's this sport. Why didn't they cut them, them, and them? And I feel like we're just trying to move uh, towards the administration standpoint of it and not, like, jeopardize our relationships as far as, like, other teams on this campus. Because yeah. it rises questions, like, over the media, like, why aren't the football players saying anything? Why aren't the basketball players saying anything? Why aren't the, you know, this, that, and the third? So it just all kind of puts us in tough situations all around. So the, the biggest thing is just to figure out how we'll move forward with not jeopardizing our relationships, but also gaining attention in the correct way, you know? That's just yeah, something we're working on. I feel that. And I have like one question, how you were saying that, like how Aaron was mentioning, like Clemson being such a powerhouse and everything. And, but we also did see like other men's team or just other like track teams or cross country teams, like get cut across the country before you guys and seeing that like happen. Was there ever a thought that this may happen to my school or to, to, to Clemson to an ACC school? Was there ever like, cause you see like William and Mary, or you see like a, a D three school in California, like from, I don't know, some some weird city that you never heard of. But, like, was it ever, like, a thought if anyone wants to take that? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, why I transferred – one of the reasons why I transferred here was because of the stability. I thought that – like, I knew COVID was an issue. I knew that it was bringing up financial issues across the country. 
So I thought to myself through the transfer process, why would I put myself in a position to where I would go mm-hmm. to school financially struggling? And that's one of the reasons why I chose Clemson. And so like, it was just to me like a shock yeah. um, just as far as administration goes and how um, they handle um, adversity and how they handle, because like all athletic departments should be, um, I guess, planning for different things to happen um, that they may not be anticipating for. Um, and so it makes it seem like they weren't necess- either they weren't prepared or this was a decision that hadn't that, that doesn't have anything to do with the pandemic. Um, so it's really either one they can pick their poison um, what it is. Um, but to me, it just seems like um, they should have been better prepared if the pandemic was a reason because they are supposed to have these uh, safeguards and backup plans um, to deal with sorts of financial uh, mis- fi- financial shortcomings. Yeah, and I would just say, yeah, and that just kind of brings me back to, I feel like with these programs that have been cut and reinstated, basically the students figured it out for the school because like the school mm-hmm. couldn't figure out how to how to allocate their resources to prepare for a pandemic or for Title Nine, so they take the lazy approach and just decide decide to cut the team. Do you feel like there was much thought? put into getting this team cut cutting the team out uh, harley um honestly just piggybacking off of what cam said um you know i really don't think that they can blame the pandemic because when you look at it you know i remember in our meeting um i don't want to say your name but um we were told that it was just it was title nine and um financial issues so when you think of title nine you know we're thinking like Title IX is so everybody can have equal opportunities, the men and women. But then when you think about it, okay, we're having making sure the women have equal opportunities as men. Why are you stripping this opportunity for the men? And then when it gets to the other question is, okay, so you want to cut a program so we can have Title IX compliance. And the thing is, right now we are Title IX compliant. I know I was talking to Kim earlier about this. You know, when we had our, we had like a um, Zoom meeting one day for any athletes that could get on to just hear a town hall meeting just to hear about what's going on. So they could mm-hmm. explain to everybody who was interested, but what happened, what, how the decision was made, um, what's going on. And um, Dan had a presentation set up and Title IX was one of the big points that he was talking about that night. And I don't remember the exact percentages, but right now I know for Title IX, like the federal mandate is they need to be as close to 50-50 for women in men's sports as you, as, pos- as close as you can. And Clemson was with, I think we're within like maybe 3% for each sport. But um, the reason we, I asked the question is because um, we were told in the meeting, the women were, that the influx of women on campus, um, athletes and regular students, is they're anticipating that it's going to grow. So mm-hmm. they're really anticipating for this influx into I guess mandate that within the athletics was to cut a men's program. So why couldn't they cut? My question is why can't they cut some um, scholarships or just, I guess, roster spots from multiple teams? Why does it have to be fully just the men's track and field team? And that's where the title nine issue comes in. I really think they are being lazy with it because, you know, title nine, when you look at it, there's the three prongs, you know, you have proportionality, which is what they threw on us. um, Even though we are proportionate right now. Um, expansion, we just added a softball team last year or two years ago, whenever it was, or accommodating interests is the third one. And, you know, I've never gotten a um, survey about how I think Clemson is, if we're proportionate to Title IX, regular student or not. 
they just took the lazy way and saying to be proportionate for what they anticipate is going to happen, we're going to cut the men's program and not even, I don't even think it was a thought to look at other teams to take away from other sports, which would, you know, I mean, I get it. It's, um, we're like, I guess a non-revenue sport. We're not making as much money as football, obviously. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, why did they just have to cut the men's program? Why couldn't they take spots from other programs as well? Man, she just, I hope the administration was listening right now because she just schooled y'all. Like, let's be real. Like, she just she just put it down. Like, I feel all the, everything that you said was fair. All the questions you asked was fair. Everything that you put out was fair. I would most definitely say that. And I feel like that's what people see, not just in the track community, but people just all around are starting to see that across the country. You Last night, well, last night when we were recording this, 60 Minutes had a whole documentary, well, 60 Minutes had a whole episode about how non-revenue sports are getting crushed, getting cut across the country. And then also you have some, the notori- for some, the notorious Jamel Hill uh, retweet, like your guys' video about everything. And then also just having like FSU and I think it was Duke as well, sending how they want you guys to be reinstated and everything. How is it to, how is it to get all the support from people across the country, from Jamel Hill to other schools in your conference and just the entire track community if Anthony wants to start it off? I mean, at the end of the day, like whether it's a different university, a different logo, a different franchise, like the sport is a family, whatever sport it is. So I feel like it's not only that they like enjoy having us as competition in these championships or in these meets, but they see it like, oh, if a school of this caliber is doing it, then we're next. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just a collective effort of just seeing what's really going on. And if a school like Clemson can cut a program so easily, so swiftly, like it's done, it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, smaller Division One schools at the same caliber can do the same thing. So I think at this point, track and field as a sport is just fighting for survival. You know, yeah, it's 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 a lot going on with it. Like it's it's big. The problem with COVID, they say the problem is COVID with us, but the COVID is such a big of a problem. They move the Olympics. You know, like something mm-hmm. that's consistent for hundreds of years. You know, so I mean, having the support. Like, it means the most to us, and we're just, we're not only fighting for Clemson, we're fighting for the sport as a whole. 100%. I feel like track and field is an endangered species right Mm -hmm. now. And if you cut the college programs, that's mainly where we get most of our our Olympic athletes from. That's the best developmental system for Olympic athletes in the world. We've had so many sprinters come through these colleges, so many distance runners, so many, so many jumpers. So it's really important for our sport in America, which is already not one of the most popular sports, but if there's not an opportunity to go compete in college at that next level, like are people even going to run track in high school? I I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Do do any of you guys share the same sentiment as Anthony though, that like about all the support that you guys been getting? Oh, no, I think the support is great. Um, we really appreciate that uh, just our efforts are being recognized. Um, like Anthony said, this isn't just the Clemson issue. Um, and like what you were saying about like this developmental system that the NCAA is. Um, and just like, like I said, I just want to keep highlighting the educational opportunities that are still going to be gone forever. And so it's just something that if you want, if you value an education, then you should be standing with us. If you value 
um, just an opportunity to have like an experience, then you should be on our side. Um, it's just something that a lot of kids that aren't going to be able to experience if we let this go through, because if this happens here and it happens somewhere else and it happens somewhere else, it happens somewhere else, it's really just going to snowball into a larger issue to where just education isn't going to be as accessible as it already is. And it already isn't accessible at that. Yeah, most definitely, definitely well said. And then for Harley, I feel like you're you're definitely in support. We can obviously see that. But then you're kind of like in a different spot than uh, the two men that are on the Clemson team because you're on the women's team. And some may say like, I think it's, it's well, it's it's great to have you on the podcast to get from your from your side of the story because like you're not on the team directly. Like this doesn't directly affect you. But honestly, saying that doesn't directly affect you. I think it may directly affect you. I, I think you may feel that type of way. Just how does it feel being on the women's team and showing your support from the women's side? How important is that for this fight? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would definitely say this is directly affecting me, you know, and it's kind of hard to see. Like, I feel like some of the um, men on our team, maybe they're shy and don't really want to speak up. And then it kind of makes me angry. Like, I'm directly mm. affected. I know you're affected. So why aren't you take, why aren't you standing up as well? And, you know, some people have said, like, how does it feel that your men's team is cut? Like, at least you're still at least your program's still here. And it it's like an it's an insult. You know, like I said earlier, track and field is you, unless you go to like an all woman school in high school or something like it's both. They become hand in hand. When you have a woman's team, you have a men's team. When we yeah. travel, it's not just the men. It's not just the woman. It's all of us together. So, of course, you know, I'm here. I'm standing by my brothers and I'm here to support because if it was roles, if it was roles reversed, you know, Title IX wasn't in th- it wasn't a thing. If our team got cut, I would definitely want them here standing up for me to try to get my program reinstated. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna stop saying the men's team. Just say like it's it's the Clemson team. It's the Clemson oh, yeah, team. Sure. It's the Clemson team. Yeah, it's like it's if you're on Clemson, it's my team. If you're on the women's or anything like it's my team. It's the Clemson team, most definitely. And another thing I think we really noticed, me and Aaron, was that like I I kind of mentioned it before in the podcast and alluded to it, like the Black Lives Matter and everything that's been going on, uh, for for us as a people has been crazy this year. And then there was one quote that I think Aaron has from is this from the athletic director, Aaron? If you if you want to read that real quick and just uh how this kind of all correlates. Yeah, the quote I wanted to read was, anytime a decision is made to add or discontinue a sports program, diversity is a factor, as are the impacts of gender equity and finances, among other considerations. And that was from the Clemson Athletic Department. Do you feel like diversity was seriously taken into consideration before this decision was made? Cam, I see you shaking your head. No. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um <laughs> South Carolina is 27% black. The national average for African-Americans is 13% black. The black student population at Clemson is 6% of the entire student body population. Um, So black students are already underrepresented here. Um, With this decision, it cuts 67% of the non-revenue generating black males and 3% of all black males on campus. Um, so it's hard for them. It's hard for me to really think that they were considering diversity as a major factor, because if they did and if they looked at the numbers, then they wouldn't come to this decision. Um, all the other non-revenue generating sports are predominantly white sports. 
there are sports that aren't accessible. There's sports like soccer, um, baseball, golf, tennis, sports that are super expensive to get into. Um, you have to pay to go to camps if you play soccer um, and go and travel. Um, baseball equipment is very expensive. Tennis, uh, country club uh, fees and stuff like that, that's expensive and equipment as well. Golf is expensive. Um, and track is really one of those sports that you don't have to have a lot of money to get into per se. And it really is affect, it will affect um, just the accessibility of college to uh, particularly African-American students because the racial, racial wealth gap in America is so prevalent to where uh, there aren't as many African-American students able to shell out the type of money to participate in different sports like golf and tennis to have the opportunity to compete, to, to be, compete in uh, collegiate athletics um, like track and field. Yeah, and I was just, as you hit every nail on the head right there, I was just thinking back to what Joshua was saying. When we talk about these teams getting cut, whether it's just the men's teams or the women's team, it's just any team getting cut is going to affect it's going to affect us. Like if you if you're a track and field fan, you love track, it's going to it's affecting you. If you are um, a black male, someone like me, who I got a scholarship, you know, to to compete and get my education. It's going to it's going to that, that affects me as well. So I think it's something that she should be important to to everyone, not even just track and field fans, but it's taking away opportunities for uh, people, people of color that don't always have because the wealth gap is so bad and what it is in America. Those people mm -hmm. that could have those opportunities to go get that education and take their family to the next level, the opportunity has been taken away. But can you can you all talk about two? How important it is for for you to just get an education as well? How important that was in your house growing up? Yeah, I mean, I can start. Um, like this is gonna be my second degree, um, due to track and field. Um, my first one was discounted. I started off. I walked on to Maryland's track and field team, and I earned a full scholarship there. Um, I have a full scholarship here, um, so I will have a free master's degree and a severely discounted undergraduate degree due to track and field. And just for me, um, like education was so important in my house and my parents always drove me to push myself to um, achieve academically. Um, and I think that a lot of people do forget um, the student part of NC athletics is we are students. That's not we're not just coming out there to perform um, at our track meets on Saturday. We are trying to get jobs. Um, we want to be real people um, after these four years. And the NCA does so well with providing um, they say they're providing opportunities to students so they can progress in life after sports. It's not really about the time there, um, although it's great. It's really about preparing you for the future. And what we're doing is where we're taking away from people's futures if we take away track and field. Aaron, when he was when he was talking, bro, all I was thinking was black excellence, bro. Like for real, for real, like for real, like just on this on this on this call though. Like look at this, we got we got. How many people in a in a in a on a podcast? Like you don't see that very too often. But also just for Anthony, how important it is for you to just get that education as well, coming from LA, from from transferring from Laverne to Clemson and everything in between. I mean, growing up with me, I'm the only person in my family ever to even touch a college campus. You know what I'm saying? Like for jail time and getting killed, like funerals, all types of stuff like that, gang violence is very common in my family and in my neighborhood. 
so the fact that I was able to even see the opportunity to go to a university, even just like Laverne, like that's a big deal in my family. And that's something that I said in an interview previously this month that track, track and field or basketball saved my life, the sports in general, being a college athlete. Um, it's presented many opportunities to me that I'll be utilizing for the rest of my life, uh, resources, everything like that. And it's like just cutting, like starting, even if it's just cutting this program, it's cutting people's dreams because some kids dream to come run track here. Some young yeah. men, you know, some young men that follow me on social media, they dream to come run here. They dream to play basketball here, football, whatever, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? So just limiting that already, knowing the small percentage of uh, African-Americans that are on college campuses, it's like, it's ridiculous to me, you know what I'm saying? So like, we're just doing our best to try, our best to, to slow it down or stop it. But it gave me great, great opportunity out of my household and my neighborhood. Then was it the same same for you, Harley? Like you already said, like you're like a nursing major. So this is definitely, I feel like has to hold a lot of weight as well. Household definitely has a lot of weight for me. Um, you know, I grew up in a family of educators, both of my grandparents on both sides of my family. Um, my dad's side, they have their doctorates in education. My dad is a doctor in education. You know, my mom's a guidance counselor. Um, my papa, who's deceased now, he was um, the board, working the board of education in my county. So, you know, it was expected for me to go to college. I'm not the first one um, to go to college in my family, but I am the first person in my um, family to go to college with a full scholarship with athletics. You know, um, I grew up playing soccer. I knew from a bit, I played soccer like my entire life. So track was kind of new for me in high school. Um, but fortunately, thank God, you know, I got this scholarship. I'm able to do what I love. And I came to Clemson because Clemson's nursing program is direct admit. So right after I graduate, when I pass the NCLEX, I'll have my um, certification to be a registered RN. And, you know, oh. it just makes me think of all the men um, that I grew up with in high school, you know, who ran track and were fortunate enough to go to schools um, to continue the education. But then, you know, I also think of my brothers from back home in high school who weren't fortunate enough. And it's really making me think now that, like, if this um, decision is like continued and we can't get overturned, just think of all those kids who are in high school who comes in with their dream school and wanted to come here for track, like not gonna be able to do that. So what's their what's their plan B gonna be, you know? And, you know, we think of like, this is like becoming a trend and we don't want it to be a trend. Like it's just gonna become more prevalent and we don't want that. And like you said, it's it's the, the men in high school, they're not gonna have the opportunity to further edu their education and do what they love. So it is sad to see, but um, I would definitely say education has definitely shaped, is a big part of me. I'm very type A, um, always got to get my stuff done, always have a plan. And honestly, track, thank God, has just allowed me to do that for free. And, you know, like I'm going to leave here with no student debt. I'm going to be a registered RN. I'm going to go pursue my master's elsewhere. But it's definitely set me up for a great track for my life, which is what college is for most people bigger than sports yeah. and sports is just like the cherry on top i still get to do what i love my passion while pursuing my degree so more than an athlete okay <laughs> hey and also like you're just saying black excellence to have you three on here you all are leaders what you what you're doing you're you're leaders and you're you're leading the movement and, and you're using your voice to make a change and that also goes to just that's so telling into what track and field kind of teaches you track track at least i know for myself 
has shaped me in so many different ways. But yeah, it's helped me to become a more disciplined person, more outspoken, um, and just it has good characteristics that that goes along with it. And as Cameron was saying earlier, track is one of the few sports like you ain't got to go to no camp to get scouted or, or nothing. You either you either good or you not. And they can't they can't lie to you, which sometimes it's a little things are a little biased for us. So when you got that time, you got that height, you got that jump. Mm-hmm. They can't. There's the numbers don't lie, and and you can earn that scholarship to come learn more about yourself, get a degree, and make friends that will last you a lifetime. But how is how has this whole situation kind of brought your team closer together? Uh, I think uh, it's brought. We've been organizing a lot. Um, we have our core six group, and then we have uh, a lot of committees that people are working under just to be organized. Um, I think that it's really put it in perspective, um, just our situation and how lucky we are to have an opportunity uh, to compete at such a high level. Um, also, I mean, it also shows us um, just that people are in different situations than we are. Um, like I said, I'm a grad student. Some people still have more eligibility. Some people just got here. So there's a lot of people who are in different positions um, that we just kind of have to work around, um, work around schedules and work around um, just different mentalities just due to the fact that we are all in different positions. But I think that we've come together um, really well. We had a protest um, on the president's lawn uh, with all of our team, as well as other supporters um, from the campus community. And that went great. Um, We had t-shirts made. Um, We had everybody come out. We had the news come out. Um, So I think that we're pretty uh, solid together. Um, And I think that shows just with all the stuff that we've been doing and all the different things that we've been putting together. Could you guys speak on that that t-shirt real quick, the unity? Because I think I've seen in like you guys' video, you guys kind of explained it. And it's kind of like, isn't it kind of ironic, you could say, of why like you chose, the reason why you chose unity, like behind it, if someone could explain that? So, um, you know, with all of our Black Lives Matter stuff going on earlier in the summer, earlier during quarantine, we have this um, group called Code on campus. And Cam's a part of it. I'm a part of it as well. And it's a group of student athletes who, you know, we're trying to figure out how we can get all of the sports teams together. And what we thought of was unity, because like, what better way to explain it? If we're all together, we're going to all be united. Like we stand together, no matter the color, your race, your ethnic background, how you identify, whatever, like we're united together. We're going to support each other. We're in it together. And no matter of the racial disparities, what's going on in our country, we're going to stand united. And then we get the news that our men's team is getting cut. So mm. our new shirt that we have, it's unity with a question mark because the big thing here is where's the unity? You know, like we're supposed to all be together and we have, you know, the ADs behind it. We have um, all the higher ups behind it, you know, like um, the coaches would be getting the shirts. They can wear it if they choose to athletes as well. Um, you can order them online. The general public can get it. You know, the Clemson family is what Clemson's very big on here. So if the Clemson family's united, you know, we have no problem. Everybody's united. We're supporting each other, even though, you know, we're in the South. It's a little different here, but face value, unity, right? And then this decision's made. So where's the unity? That's where we're at right now. Yeah, that's just so dope. And then uh, also, Anthony, could you speak on just like the protests that happened because I bet you guys were not expecting to be protesting uh, your like Clemson and getting your team back. That's some, that's something I never expect that Minnesota would be doing 
either and like it worked for them and you guys are going through that same process just explain like the protest and how that process like was all put together man before i left los angeles and came to south uh my family warned me that stuff like this may happen um probably not to the extent of trying to save my team but just us fighting for something that's not being equally given so i mean the protest kind of spoke for itself. We all came together. There's multiple sports. I have friends from basketball. We have some volleyball people out there representing rowing, um, baseball, some of those sports. And it was basically just to send the message that all of the athletes that are a part of this want to be a part of this. Like they want our team to be reinstated. Like we're saying, we want to be united. And if they support the brand of unity and they want to look good and they want to post it all over social media that we're united we're clinching you know stuff like that then they mm -hmm. should be able to back that up with their actions so it was just getting the point across like you guys you know you messed up now we're going to chill on your lawn and we're going to see what you talked about in a couple of weeks you know what i'm saying the athletic director and all of them i spoke to them after the protest they seen it all um and it sparked some conversation i can say that for sure but everything's still in progress. I'm still meeting with them. We're still meeting with alumni and just continuing to have the facts, like stuff like this, have um, people from the outside reach in and just help save this program and the sport. When you talk to the AD after the protests and things like this, does it just make them think a little bit more about their, about their actions? Are they like considering the, the consequences of it? What are you, what is like the feel that you're getting back from them? I mean, the initial conversations I have with them is to get all of the cameras out the room and just have a man-to-man -man conversation, you know what I'm saying? Because when it's all scripted, you have to say this, this, and that. And sometimes it's, uh, I guess you could say administration is controlling what you can and can't say. So my general thought of it was just talking to him about how he felt about it, if there was a chance about it. And at first it was no, then it's like, we can do this alternative. And now it's like, I'm just tugging back and forth with them and um, just trying to get an understanding and building a relationship with them so they can understand like, okay, if this kid is cool and he wants to communicate with us about it, he's really trying to work for it. Like we give it a shot. And it's, it's sparked conversation for sure. Um, like I said, I can't really speak too much on it right now because everything's still in progress, but we're, we're working on it. Um, I'm trying to work with them to work something out, but it's definitely a conversation in practices every morning. So they're seeing everything that we're doing for sure. Yeah, that, that definitely has to be tough. How is that? How is the relationship with your coaches? Like, is it hard for them to be, be involved or do you have to kind of like take a step back and leave it to the athletes? We just want to kind of leave them out of it um, and let them do their jobs. It's their jobs to prepare us for the season so that we can compete to the best of our ability. Um, we really wanted to uh, employ ourselves as well as the alumni and um, other supporters who wanted to help um, to really lead this fight. Um, it's really something that it's kind of just we have to be careful um, with them getting too much involved. Um, so we just think it's best that they stay out of it primarily. I also was curious to just, we've seen uh, Russell Dinkins came out to help you guys. He was actually at the protest too and was able to speak on everything. How has, and he was able to like to reinstate Brown. He helped uh, reinstate uh, Minnesota as well. But having like those alumni come and help and then people from the outside coming in, how have they been a big help in getting you guys organized in this entire movement, Harley? 
I don't think we would have been able to do it without them. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, obviously, like, we're still here. Like, we're in school. We're busy, super busy mm-hmm. on top of track. And then we have this to, we have this to focus on as well. Um, they are, the alumni, the support is just, like, it's crazy. I can't even put it into words. They um they have organized so many things for us. We have meetings once a week just for whoever mm-hmm. wants to join to see how we're doing, what the updates are. Um, they've helped us organize committees. Russell has been a great help. You know, he's helped the other schools get reinstated. So him already having like the breakdown, the rundown of what committees we need, how we need to attack certain things. He's helped tremendously. And honestly, I don't really know where we'll be without them. I don't know if Cameron Anthony has anything else to say about that, but Honestly, I feel like it would be we would be a little farther behind if we didn't have the help that we help have from the alumni. And even like we have parents from um, athletes on the team who are yeah. big help. Yeah. And just shout out to them. If anybody's listening, they have helped a lot as well. And we really appreciate it. And that's dope. And that really just speaks to the unity that you guys all been it's on your shirts and you guys been trying to preach for for everybody to get behind this Clemson family. And if anyone could just tell us, like, where do, how can we help? How can we help? What can we do? What can our listeners do? What can we do to really just help uh, the Clemson family, help Clemson uh, get reinstated, your guys' track team? I mean, stuff like this, it helps the most, bro. That's why, you know, I appreciate stuff like this, people just reaching out, um, just bringing awareness to the situation. So what you guys are doing is more than enough. You know what I'm saying? And we appreciate everything that we can get media-wise towards the situation. Um, but for anybody else, it's just get on board. If you guys are on board with us and you agree that the situation is not right and it's unfair, I mean, anybody that's an athlete or sees college as an opportunity should think that this situation is wrong. You know, it's not just sports. It's yeah. your education, it's your future. It, it messes with self-esteem in athletics. Mm-hmm causes probably some high school students to change their decisions on what they potentially thought was going to be their home for the next four to six years you know what i'm saying so yeah just support and outreach and just continue to share the story and just helping us move forward with the situation yeah let me also plug uh our website saveclemsontf.com um our socials too on twitter is saveclemsonxctf on Instagram is Save Clemson XCTF as well. Um, so just give those a follow. Um, on the website as well, we have a take action up spot where you can put in your contact information. Uh, you'll get our weekly emails. Um, we also have uh, self-populating emails that go to uh, members of the Board of Trustees, administration, the athletic director, the university president. All you have to do is click the link and press send um, and that sends an email to them. Uh, we really just, like I said, Anthony said, we really just want to get uh, more people talking about it, more people aware. And if we show the administration that this is a burning issue um, with a lot of people, not only within the Clemson community, but the track community and just the national uh, community around the country, um, we can see about reversing this decision. So just make sure that you're active um, on our socials, repost um, what we post, um, put it on your story, retweet it. Um, and then really uh, go to saveclemsontf.com and press the take action button and put your information in if you're interested in help. Everyone that's listening to that, y'all got you all got to do that. You got to help this get reinstated, anything that you possibly can. And like you said, 
we appreciate you guys just to coming on. Like we really, we really do. Uh, it's it's definitely an honor to have this conversation with you guys. Have these type of conversations. I don't think we, when we started our podcast, Two Black Runners, it was never. We felt like I feel like some people kind of start seeing us as a little bit of an activist at one point, like what we're trying to do. But like it, it's kind of just become an obligation when you have a podcast named Two Black Runners. It became an obligation at one point to where we have to speak on these issues because if we don't, I just can't sleep sleep at night well so it's it's great to just have you guys on the podcast but before we close out i just have one more other question we have a few questions for close out with but another question i was wondering when we're talking about the black lives matter stuff earlier i was thinking back to like when deandre hopkins uh and deshaun watson they're trying to get the the john c calhoun um is that is that like a the basketball court or it's one of the uh buildings you guys have on campus like trying to get it changed were they able to get that changed and just like how was that if they were were they able to get that changed that's my first question that was i was wondering i believe they're in the process of changing it. i don't think they actually changed it yet uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think that they are going to change it was that the honor, like, honors college yeah. cam yeah i'm pretty sure i think they are still trying to change it but i know right now it's just called like clemson honors college okay because like it's it's you guys don't have to speak on this if you want, but like seeing like things like that and seeing like the Clemson uh, do do those type of things during that type of movement and then cutting a sport like track and field where it's mainly black athletes. It almost seems like the things that they're doing at that time. And then even when Minnesota, when they got cut, they they what they disbanded all the Minnesota the St. Paul, uh, like police, the policing, they disbanded that. And all those type of things were very like performative at one point. And it speaks to what you guys were saying too, that like they, they you guys trying to, they try and speak all this unity all the time. And then they do performative, performative things still place, take place and try and claim there's still unity when there's really not. And I, I can't imagine how frustrating that has to be, to be a part of that and seeing like performativeness right in front of you, then that to happen. You don't have to speak on it, but I just have to get that off my chest to just because uh, I think that's something that needs to be recognized and what's going on for sure. I mean, I can piggyback off of what you said. I mean, like unity, they put it on the football field. And at this point right now, they're just words on the football field. Um, they really don't mean much. Um, we really need to have administrators um, who put their money where their mouth is um, and really stick up for what they stand for. If they're saying that they value diversity, they have to do things that show that they value diversity. They can't just make those empty uh, claims to people. And I think that just a part of our job as like Save Clemson Track and Field is to make sure we're holding these administrators accountable to the ideals that they're putting in place um, when they're speaking about the university as a whole. Yeah, most definitely, I feel that. Yeah, what I always, what I keep thinking about is that percentage, like 67% of non-revenue uh, black athletes are being cut. 67%, like, that's 67%. That's wild. Especially what we just talked about, the Calhoun, right. all of those things. And it's just like, okay, like your actions speak louder than your words. And I mean, those actions don't reflect unity to me. And as Anthony was saying, like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like that's, that sounds wrong. That sounds wrong. Especially if you're saying you're, that's one of my pet peeves throughout this whole black lives matter movement and everything, one of my pet peeves is, you know, people coming out here trying to say they're allies, but they're allies until, to a point, you know, they're allies until they're trying to save $2 million, you know, they're allies until you 
pro until it affects their pockets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you allies until to a certain extent. So yeah, that I I definitely feel you on that, Joshua. That definitely frustrates me too. Yeah, but with all that being said, we really do appreciate you. We got a few closeout questions, and then we're gonna get you guys out of here. But uh, one thing I was really wondering, we are we, we seen it on Twitter and like Instagram too. Like Anthony just hit like a big mark in the high jump as well. Just how are you guys approaching uh, this upcoming season? I don't know if you guys are gonna be. Are you guys gonna be able to run indoor? Is indoor happening for you guys, or how are you guys approaching the track season with everything going on? Art. I mean, our season, our schedule is up. We, as far okay. as I'm concerned, um, the 2021 indoor season, we have four track meets followed by the AC championship. Um, but as far as preparing for the season, like I tell my jumpers all the time, like we just gotta lock in no matter what's going on. If it's family issues, school, like track is our release. No matter what the outside is telling us, like we need to focus on winning. And that's always been our focus. So no matter what's going on, we just working hard. And we're making sure we're holding ourselves accountable, whether we're jumpers, sprinters, distance, whatever. We're a team, we're one team, men's, women, whatever. We're just focused on accomplishing the tag. Because at the end of the day, like we can, we, we're doing all this, we have to compete too. Like we have to win too, you know? So we just have to have a balance and make sure we're, we're producing on the track. So if this is, and hopefully it's not, if this is the last season, we can go out making them look dumb because a team of this yeah. caliber perform at a national level. Like, okay, that's going to bring more media attention. Like, we win a national championship or an ACC championship and we're still getting cut type of thing. So I just tell them to lock in and just handle our business on the track. That's my main thing. Yeah, I'm really, I'm wishing y'all luck. I'm wishing y'all luck that you guys perform well and just, like you said, make the administration look dumb. That would, that would be dope. That would be really dope. Then I'll, I was also wondering if any of you guys have like a really cool story just like from Clemson or what is each of you guys just most memorable moment uh, from, from being at Clemson so far? I know Cam hasn't been here long, but for <laughs> if Harley, you want to start off, what has been your most memorable moment from being at Clemson on the track team? Well, I can definitely just say, like I said, like um, just coming here was just totally about like the family aspect for me. And whenever we travel, no matter how we compete, it's just it's just always a memory. Like it's always something fun. You know, we're always getting into something. And I guess I would say my most memorable moment was at Florida Relays for me. I think it was my sophomore year. Mm. I think it was my sophomore year. And, you know, like my parents flew down. They always, they try to travel as much as they can to come see me compete. And um, I don't know, it was just one of those days, you know, you know, you just feel good, you know, like you look good and you're like, yeah, I'm about to do something today. And yeah. I did, like I had, I think it was a PR for the season. It was like high 41 or something. And it was just, just felt good. And like all my teammates were doing well. And it's just, it just goes to show it's bigger than family, you know, like we're more than athletes, like we're here supporting each other and really seeing them succeed makes me happy when they see me succeed. It's just, just the best feeling out there. Like this past weekend when Anthony jumped seven, three, I was warming up. Like it was just an inner squad meet and you know, I'm hearing him clap and I hear everybody scream. So I run over like on the track, I'm like, coach B, what did he just jump? He's like seven, three. I said seven, what? And he said it again. And then like me and DJ, we just started screaming. And it's just like, that's just what it's about. Like we just celebrate yeah. each other's wins, you know? And it's just, it's just so fun. And I don't know. I probably have something memorable, but 
don't know. I love my guys. I love my sisters. It's just, it's the best. And this decision sucks. I hate to see it, but we're going to get it overturned. Y'all too. Y'all too. And then also, we also we always ask this question uh, when we have somebody on the podcast, because sometimes it's hard to get in again. Sometimes it's hard to get in guests, so we need some ideas. Who should we have next on the Two Black Runners podcast? Like anybody, any athletes or track athletes or track coaches or anything like that? Who do you think would be a great guest to have on to be able to tell their story or something you want to hear? If you guys could help us get that person too, that'd be great. I think Russell would be a great person to talk to um, just about the entire issue as a whole. Um, just being it being a pervasive issue, not just with Clemson, but just around the country. Um, so I think talking with him would be a great idea. That man's just think so busy, perfect. Right? He's a perfect candidate. You guys would get a lot from him. That would be good. Russ is going to be asking y'all questions. <laughs> real, real, he would. Aaron was on IG Live with them. Uh, Smart dude. What, like two months ago? Well, that was probably like three months ago now. Man, time flies. But I remember he was on there. I was like, man, it was like a whole, it was like a, I was sitting in a lecture hall. Oh, <laughs> a lecture right. hall where you feel enlightened. I was enlightened afterwards. I was like, man, I could write a 500 page like essay <laughs> after this. Like, dang, I had all the material. But then last one question, then we'll get you guys out of here from anyone or each one of you guys. Like what most do we need to learn from each one of you guys' story from everything that's going on, from your guys' fight to get through this, what's the most that our listeners and we need to take away from what you guys are doing to get Clemson reinstated? I can start, I guess. Um, I guess my thing is like, just seeing like this decision doesn't necessarily affect me, but track has benefited me to the point to where I've gotten two degrees. Um, I'm, well, I will have two degrees. Um, so it's just making sure that you ha- let other people have the same opportunity that you had. You really can't shut the door behind you um, after you have your success. So making sure that the next generation is able to succeed like you succeeded. Um, so like whether or not you earned a degree um, through track and field, if you ran track and field, um, this should affect you. You should feel um, for the situation um, and you should want others to be able to have this sort of success and be able to have um, the opportunity to earn education and compete on the highest level. Yeah, for sure. And then Anthony, how do you feel about what, what most should we learn from your guys' story? Um, Man, it's just tough stuff happens every day. You know, a lot, every year I've been here, honestly, something traumatic has just happened. You know, the first year I was here, uh, the floor fell through at one of our parties. Wait. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait was, yeah. That on, was that on like, that was, was like, like famous. That went viral. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. that. <laughs> I seen that. Yeah, yeah. So That's that first year, we had to bounce back from that. Teammates was hurt. Some people couldn't compete. All that stuff. The second year, we had a coach change. The coach I came to be coached by, something happened. Boom, they split us up. So I was over there by myself. And then they were, they had our original coach, I had another coach. Then this year, now this, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, at the end of the day, like adversity is just a part of the program, like this. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, at this point, I'm not even shocked. We're going to figure it out a way to get through it. But it is what it is, bro. You still go out there and you jump 7 3, though. Hey, come on. Right. Now. Right. And then for Harley, what's the most we need to learn from your guys' story? Honestly, until Anthony like said that, I like 
I didn't forget about those things, but I guess I'm just so like used to just facing adversity that it's just like, it's just like, I'm expecting something else to happen and we just got to get through it. And that probably like sounds really bad to say, but like, that's the truth. Like Anthony just said, like all these things have been happening. Like our coach wasn't be able to, he wasn't here for a couple of months and we had a new coach. And then our coach came back. Like it really is always something new, but I guess it just goes to show that like, if you're really dedicated about something and you're passionate about it, you're going to do what you can to just keep going. You know, like I'm very passionate about nursing. Um, yeah, I get stressed all the time. It's just, it just happens. So, you know, when I go to practice, I leave it at the gate, leave it in my car. I go practice. I do what I need to do, go jump, have great practices. And then I go back to school, you know, but it's just really like, and this goes for anything in life, really. Like, if you're passionate about something, you're going to fight for what you want. You're going to do what you can so you can be the best at what you can do. And I guess for those who are listening, I guess really just helping like, raise the awareness, you know, like continue the conversations. Get this out here that this decision has been made and it's not going to stick. That's really what's going to help us. And I know there are plenty of people who are passionate about the sports they, the sports they complete, the compete in, um, their education, I'm sure. And even those who, like, came to Clemson to go pro, Maybe education wasn't a top priority. You know, they still came here to pursue a dream. You know, I came here so I can get my degree. I still want to be the best athlete that I can be. But at yeah. the end of the day, like, I know what I, I know what I need to do. I came to Clemson for a reason. And this decision that has been made, it shouldn't affect the people in the future to take an opportunity away from them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Anything that you said, be honest. And we, we absolutely do appreciate you guys for coming on the pod definitely a pleasure to hang out with you all for this hour and really and for our listeners like y'all experiencing black excellence right now you can't get it anywhere else besides two black runners podcast like come on five black people on a track podcast bro i don't don't see that every single day to be honest i don't see that every single day but aaron you got anything else to say before we get out of here like for real this time um yeah i mean all i gotta say is i think everyone listening to this go to saveclemsontf.com and you can at least email one one person we can all do that you know all of our listeners please just email one person i'm gonna do it right after this phone call i'm gonna get a couple in right now to show my support but i love track and field man and i don't want to see our sport die so anything we can do to help i'm all for it and i think the people listening they're about the culture too so i think we can all take some time out of our day to go and send one email because pressure bursts pipes so we got to keep applying pressure and that's how we see things happen and also (laughs) don't be packing yo don't be packing the dance the parties with a bunch of people (laughs) 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 you might need to cut that out i'm sorry i had to get that out that was just funny (laughs) i seen that That video i was like wait (laughs) better than that as always (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh sorry as always thanks for tuning in if you guys really stayed all the way to the end as always you are a real one and we appreciate everyone that listens every single week but yeah save Clemson track and field that's all I got Joshua yeah it's been a pleasure you guys and I'm sorry for Aaron's immatureness uh, we'll see y'all next <laughs> week on 2 Black Tuesday y'all <laughs> have a good one y'all uh